Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Thank you. Science fiction. It is more than just a genre appearing in literature, television, and film. For many, it is a way of life. Marauding space armies, robotic overlords, the documentation of characters' travels through space and time. Science fiction has something for everyone. Prepare to race into the unknown where the line between science fiction and science fact begins to blur. This is Galaxy Cast. And here are your hosts. Educator Bob Crispin, Uber Geek Gary Bowden, and Artist Extraordinaire Eric Maruschek. Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. We have a full studio tonight. Yes, we are back to full studio status. I have with me Eric the Artist. And I have a sick voice. I have with me Austin and Anumpty. Zazu. I have with me Terror the Inquisitor. Hello. And I have with me Gary the Stud. That's me. And I'm your host, Bob <coughs> Gersman. It's good to have you all here tonight. We have some things to discuss with you. We're going to discuss several uh, topics, and quite honestly, they're not all Star Wars, but that's okay. We like our, our non-Star Wars topics, too. We're going to talk about Star Wars 8's trailer. Is there a possibility it won't be happening in Celebration? We're going to talk about the announcement that there may be another Indiana Jones movie coming. We're going to talk about the Iron Fist trailer that was recently released, and we're going to talk about the Deadpool 2 trailer in a trailer montage. Yes. Star Wars news. Okay, so let's start off with our Star Wars news, because we might as well go straight up Star Wars while we've got time. Not a lot of big news coming out, other than the fact that there's a whole bunch of stuff going on for Celebration, and quite honestly, I'm just depressed that I'm not going to Celebration, so I'm going to stay away from... Celebration discussion, yes. at least until we get to Celebration itself. We should call ourselves the Not at Celebration <laughs> yeah, Podcast. We should for right now, yes. Yeah, well, we went twice, so. I'm calling it our own little boycott of Celebration. Sadly, it's just a, I can't afford to go to Celebration, but I'll call it a boycott. I need to go to New York. Yes. And I received official word this week, I will not be appearing at Star Wars Celebration. No chalk art. No but chalk you art. will be able to buy some of my shirt designs in the... Uh, store, so watch for those. Yeah, and as soon as we know which shirts those are, we will let you know what shirts Eric's going to be designing, and you should go scarf those up as quick as you can. So, we wanted to talk about the possibility, and it's being put out there, that there may be a possibility that there will not be a trailer for Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi at Celebration 8. So, what do you guys think? Is that even, like, a remote possibility that they're going to go up to a celebration without any sort of trailer, new footage of anything? No. No. I just can't. Something in me says that's just not possible. That's what celebration is about. And they're going to have something to show. Especially with a new movie coming out, after just having had Rogue One come out, after the rumors of another TV show that they pretty much have confirmed are going to happen... By the way, we did find out after our last episode, Star Wars Rebels has been picked up for another season, just to let everybody know. So you get another year you get of the another podcast. another year of this podcast, yeah. at least. Well, this podcast ain't going nowhere, depending on whether Rebels is there or not. That's the cool thing about our you podcast. But the reality was, is that you, there's got to be something to draw people in. Yeah. 
And it can't be the death of Carrie Fisher. I'm sorry. No, no that's no. morbid. That can't be. That's I, morbid. And if that's the reality of where they go, that's just wrong. I'm foreseeing that they may have explained this. Like, they were telling people that there would be a trailer. The seats all got full. They're like, well, we don't want the thing to be full. So let's try to cut back. No trailer. No, I don't think that's it at all. I think Eric's more hitting the spot of... It's more fun if they it's, say there's not, yeah, and then it's come a, out and go, ha ha, there it's is. It's the big tease. It's, yeah. oh, there's not going to be. Well, everyone's sitting there going, yeah, there will. And then, no, we mean it. There won't be this time. And everyone goes, yeah, there will. And they get to the show, and they get through the whole big announcement, and they're like, we, we really are not going to show you anything. And everyone in the audience is like, yeah, you will. And then the end comes, and they go, oh, by the way, we got one thing to show you. And the audience goes, we knew it, but we love it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's an episode of Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Oh, my Lord. I would like. <laughs> I think I just threw up in my <laughs> mouth a little bit just now, Gary. Thank you. Throwing up in my mouth, my favorite thing to do. Uh, yeah, no, I that, hope not. Dad, was it really You're not going to be there, so why, why, why you care? What's you that? You're, you're not going to be there. Actually, hey. you know what? I want that to happen. <laughs> Actually, I think we should out. hack their servers and make that happen. Let so they go to bring up out. The Last Jedi, and it's this episode of Ewoks, and everybody's like, what? <laughs> Let me just point out, you watched that show voluntarily as a kid and liked it. As a child, yes. But as, as an, an adult, adult it sucks. I don't care. You still watched it. Okay. I also watched the holiday special as a child, voluntarily. I also watched all the Ewok specials as a child. You also watched Super Friends. Voluntarily. This is true. <laughs> when Super Friends is my comparison, uh, yeah, not, not a big comparison. Okay. I was going to say, Super Friends was 100 times better than Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, Star Wars droids. Um, you know, so when <laughs> you want to go way back at some point in our childhoods, we all put cr- crapped our pants. Don't want to do that these days either. Things change. I don't know. When I get older, I might want to. Well, again. eventually, okay. that comes back around. Right. You know, and we we do. I'm again. actually looking forward to that when I'm in my 70s. Yeah. Yeah. And when that happens, I'll watch we more. All three of us will be calling on Austin for that one too. Austin, Aww. your turn. Both of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Both of you, your turn. It's the job you Good night, get. everybody. Who's taking, Hollywood? Who's taking yeah. care of Gary this time? It, it's your turn to take care of your old man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so obviously I don't think any of us believe that there's not going to be a trailer. There is no the second way. part of me that tells me that there's got to be a trailer is this week Disney got together, the yes. corporate executives, and met... And supposedly they saw a good 10 minutes of The Last Jedi. Footage has been shown. Footage has been shown. So if there's footage, that much footage that's already edited out and shown... Then with special effects, With special probably. effects and everything, I'm sure, in place, come on. There's no way they could not be showing some sort of trailer to people at Celebration. You said that there was a, a rumor out that they've already got Luke's first words. What are his yeah. first words in well, the movie? Apparently, apparently... Spoiler, by I haven't, the way. I haven't read... The article on it, I only know a little bit. But the article was teasing that Rey is not a Skywalker lineage because apparently Luke doesn't recognize her. His so first whatever. words are to ask, who are you? And at the the crowd, the, the, the public at large, the internet uh, conspiracy theorists lead to believe that that means one of two things. Either A, he's senile. Are we going to get to see a senile Jedi? No Interesting. Word. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> or B, that she's not a Skywalker and he doesn't know who she is from Adam, and that therefore means she's that's she not hasn't a continuation seen, of Skywalker. Talked, looked at a person and in that's, years. That's my other counter argument here is somebody dropped her off on that planet. He hasn't seen her for how many years? I mean, I look at my own children and I say, 
if I had known them when they were two or three and then not seen them till they were 20, even 21, um, I'm not sure I recognize my kids if that were the case. <coughs> I, I think people are reading way too much of into course. that. But, they are reading but way suppose too much they're correct. It completely goes away with the idea that Gary's correct, that he, she is not a Skywalker but a Kenobi. I've been saying that right along. I know you have. So it I basically know. puts Dave Filoni in his place. I still think it's going to tie back into a Mara Jade thing. I think Mara is going to have dropped her off. She's going to be Luke's daughter, and it's all a uh, look at what we got over here. Ha no. ha. We brought the Thrawn series back. No, Mara Jade could still drop her off and not be in relation to her at all. It could be, yes, but I still if, think if, somehow. If it's Mara Jade. If it is, correct. So. And, and no offense. No, if she's a Kenobi, who's her father? Snoke. You mean who's her mother? Well, her no. father would be Ben. Obviously. You're thinking Obi Wan, who would be died, the grand, would be the grandfather. I was gonna say he'd have to be the grandfather because he died 30 years ago, and yeah. she's not 30 years so old. So then, who, who had her then? Mm. So was there a Kenobi child we didn't know about who then had another kid? That well, Gary has been arguing all along that Satine had a child somewhere, and I right? think, think well, Katan's the one taking care of the kid. You know what? Ray is related to Snoke. That's all we're going to do. Or Jedi Killer Dillion. Yeah. I'm thinking we might just come back to Jedi and Killer Dillion. That's I was going to introduce myself as Shatterpoint Dillion at the start of the show, today, <laughs> but I decided not to. Actually, it would sound great with your voice right now, too. Hi, I'm Shattered. <laughs> Luke, I am Shatterpoint Dillion. <laughs> nah. nah. Okay, Luke. I know your shatter point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> That's better than Luke. I've seen your Dillion. Oh. <laughs> Luke, oh. I hate your father. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next oh one. Very quickly. <laughs> Luke, do you want to buy some death sticks? <laughs> Science fiction news. Okay. Sure. So our next topic. <laughs> it has come out. Recently, uh, this is actually in the Hollywood Reporter, amongst many other sites out there. Now, it's pretty much been confirmed, as my understanding, that Harrison Ford, Steven Spielberg have all agreed to a fifth Indiana Jones movie. They're even saying no! it's going to come out in the summer of 2019, July 19th. July 19th. They've got the opening date, July people. So you know exactly Can we do that two years birthday? from now. When you're going to be massively disappointed. Yeah, that's why I said no. Well, this is this is where I am confused. So if if you if you go back to the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull moment, God forbid, uh. and you're trying, okay, and and this is where I have a huge problem with the Indiana Jones series. It's it's getting very disjointed in itself. The first three movies all connected. Very I mean, wonderfully. Boom, 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 boom. They, they connected very well. When you throw Crystal Skull in, and we've watched them in order, it doesn't make any sense. It does not fit into the Indiana Jones lore. It doesn't feel like Indiana Jones. It doesn't have that Indiana Jones look to it. And it, was, it felt like a desperate attempt to try to wrap a series up. And I don't yeah. think they wrapped it up. Nope. So my concern now is, in an attempt to actually wrap it up, are they going to screw it up more? And, you know, my son brought up a valid point. Are they going to finally pass off the torch to somebody else? He's getting—he's real old. He's not going to be able to do it anymore. He needs be, to get handing it off to somebody else. It's going to be Chris Pratt. 
No, whoever it was, the, the kid that followed him throughout the whole entire Crystal Skull, it would be good for to be Shia like. LaBeouf has gone so crazy. I don't they, think... I don't think they'll give it to him. Just do it. I, I, here's what I think really did initially happen. I think Disney had planned on giving Shia LaBeouf... Okay, look at the last shot of Indiana Jones. He almost puts the hat on. Right, and that's what I'm Harrison saying. Ford takes it from him, but they were very much implying, here's your next... Here's right. where we're going to continue the franchise. And I, I wonder if Disney had planned and... Shia himself, personally, um, I don't even know how to explain it, kind of went off the deep end. Um, I don't even know that. And and personally, he's been having problems, and I don't think Disney can continue on with him, to be honest with you. There's too many risks involved Mm -hmm. in taking on Shia LaBeouf, so I'm wondering if this one, they're going to have to reset again, and this time find somebody who's a little more sane. Have you seen that whole (laughs) musical on stage of Shia LaBeouf? No. No. The video? We'll We'll watch that during the break. It is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the, vi- the video, the whole, the song, the video, everything. It's like five minutes long. <laughs> it's this little mini story about Shia LaBeouf is chasing you through the woods, and there's this announcer. And it's, it's great. It's, it's great. Uh, we'll watch it. I remember that. So, watch that. Okay. Gary, do you think this is a good idea? Having another Indiana Jones film? I mean, is Disney just trying to cash cow this thing at this point, or do you think this is actually a good idea? They should stop. They're cash cowing like the area of Star Wars. I almost After feel like that. After the yeah. lost. The last arc and him not needing to be in the movie, I think they, they killed. Well, here here's two things about this. One, you got one. Harrison Ford's getting old. Yeah. He was old looking in The Force Awakens. He and was old looking in Crystal showing, Skull. He's shown his age. He did okay in Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. I was impressed. But even then, I'm like, eh, he's about it. That's it. This he's, is kind of the limit. It's 10 years later. Yeah. So we got that. But B, the flip side is you have Spielberg, who I'll guarantee you, is very disappointed in how that movie was received. And no, just out of, his, skull, yes, I mean, yeah. out of his own ego, I'm sure he's looking at it going, can we go back to less CGI? Can I capture it one more time? Can I give it a better set? I, I wonder if he's coming back to it for his redemption. I, I and that so. gives me some hope that he might try and do it See, better. the cameras just in general, I think, <coughs> in that movie. Because I don't know what they did with the cameras, but it looked like... It, too much of the movie was CGI. It was too obviously yeah. CGI. Is yeah. that part of the problem? The problem I had with it was, it was too long between Last Crusade and this one. And this one. Yeah. Yeah. They they should have made something in between so mm-hmm. they so that they could have spun it off onto someone else. Yeah. And they should have used short round. Sure. Yeah, it'd be nice to have short round back. Yeah. Or yeah, I agree. I, I didn't necessarily... Played by Donnie Yen. <laughs> I didn't necessarily like the idea of bringing Marion back in either. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. not sure that was a good tie-in either. Not that she's a bad person. Or it just wasn't a good tie-in to bring her it back in. It felt forced. It felt... Yeah. Let's, let's shoehorn in all the old stars. Yep. Yeah, let's try to do something to do an old throwback, so let's bring Marion back. I just didn't feel Ooh. right. Science Fiction News. Okay, so our next topic. Our next topic, we're going to talk about the trailer for Iron Fist, which is set to be on Netflix. Episodes come out with March 17th. March 17th. Next week. Which is next week. It's hard to believe as and we're recording the podcast. Right. So by the time Let this comes out, say, it'll be let's out. Let's base this off the trailer, not what we think the show's going to actually Correct. be. Well, the, the problem is the first six episodes, half the season, have been seen and are being reviewed right Correct. now by people who've seen it. And the word it's is not, not good. good. It's but not like, good. But the trailer looks good. I'm not, I well, didn't even think the trailer looked great. I got some arguments for you against the trailer. I know. It, it wasn't bad. You can't say it wasn't bad. I, I, I'm, I'm going to hold my opinions until I watch it. 
Okay. Well, well then you're done, you're done with this because this whole bit is going to be about speculation. And, and, <laughs> well, I understand yeah. that, and that's where sometimes speculation kind of destroys things. I, you need to. I, I know it. I know enough of Iron Fist, and that is not Iron Fist. Yeah, that's my concern. It's 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 a uh, Green Arrow. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, they, a, it's a it's a giddier Green Arrow. I get that. Well, but here's the problem. Iron Fist's story has absolutely nothing to do with him being lost as a kid. Oh, no. Being a sole survivor of a family. None of that has anything to do I'm with not, Iron Fist. I don't, I'm not familiar with the Marvel origins, so I don't want to say that for sure. Iron Fist and Power Man, I'm pretty familiar with. They nailed Power Man. They got it pretty damn good. Yeah, they did. Iron Fist? Nope. They aren't getting you right. They're right about him ending up with the Shaolin monks, but he only does that after he receives his power. Mm-hmm. He goes to study with them after he receives his power during uh, a radioactive explosion, whatever it is, and he ends up getting this weird power. As a teenager, he doesn't know what to do with it, so his parents send him off to this temple to go train. And then while during him And while away, he's training, he learns how to utilize his power to its best degree and also finds out he has more power than he initially thought. It's not just the fists. It's the power to actually come out of his body and have third body experiences. Like You don't see any of that here. Like <laughs> Doctor Strange almost. Almost like Doctor Strange, yeah. I don't like the effect they're using for his fist. It Let's looks see. too much like he's charging his fist. It looks like an Iron Man fist. I hate to say that. You know what I mean? Like, it's got that, it like... It looks more like a, an extremist. And, and the rumor is, the first six episodes they've seen, you don't even see his powers being used yet. Six of 12, correct? Am I understanding? That's yeah, about half the season? I think the season is 12 episodes. Really? You're going to go half a season without even showing yeah. power or Iron Man's what fists? I'm, what I mean, I'm like hearing, is, uh, what I'm hearing is that, A, and I got some of this from the trailer. If you watch that trailer, the fight scenes... They're they're in a trailer. They should be only showing like really cool, amazing snippets. And I was looking at those, going, they don't look great. They didn't look right. choreographed no. really they're not well. Polished. Uh, Daredevil had such great fighting, and yep. this even in a brief trailer didn't look good. How's Power. it going to come off in big scenes when it has to be like a minute, minute and a half of fighting? Right. And then I hear that it's in. The, you don't get this from the trailer because the trailer is edited so that you don't really get a sen- too much sense of story or pacing. That. The, the first six episodes are so choppy. Mm-hmm. It's hard to follow people's motivations. It's hard to follow who is doing what. Um, it sometimes jumps scenes really strangely. They said it just is disjointed. That's what makes me more worried. If the overall thing is just disjointed, then I don't care what you're doing. It's, if it doesn't tell a good cohesive story... The way I heard it described was, you watch Daredevil, you watch Jessica Jones, you watch Luke Cage, they have a really high point in the beginning, somewhere around episode 8 through 8, 9, 8, 9, and 10, they may lag a little because they're padding out the season, right. but then it kicks back in by the end. The last two or three are pretty are good. good. Yeah. They say that the first episode, and the second episode, and the third episode all feel like episodes 8, 9, 10. They feel that lag disjointed Ugh. right from the get-go and makes people very nervous. That's what I've been hearing from reviews. And this is only coming out in a week from this podcast yes. right now. Yes. And here's the other thing that makes me a little bit nervous. And Gary, maybe you could give some insight into this one, too. Just thinking about it. If Iron Fist comes out and it bombs, Jessica Jones did great. Daredevil did great. 
I'm, Power Man did I'm great. pretty much I heard under the understanding Luke Cage would had a pretty good. Apparently, review. its ratings were better than Daredevil. Really, I think Luke that's Cage what is. I heard. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Luke Cage. Was and then good. you come out with a, an Iron <laughs> Fist that probably is going to fall way short. Do you think this is the death of the Defender series? Like, I mean, the no, Defender, they're, are, they're already filming. Defenders, Defenders. are going to happen. They're already filming it. But my question is, by having Iron Fist the way he is, is is this going to be like a one and done with Defenders? Is Marvel written Defenders off already before they even? I, I mean, I get the impression. I no, I think it's too early to. call You think that. it's too early to call that? Yeah. I mean, I, I when just, you get an ensemble piece, think about it. You did Iron Man. It did really good. You did Captain America. People liked it. You did Thor. People were like, it was okay, but it got, you know, it, it wasn't out. what they expected. They wanted yeah. better, the whole, and you know. And then Thor came out and Avengers. And then you put him back into Avengers, and Avengers was the best of the series, yeah. putting yeah. the ensemble back together. The ensemble yeah. lets him bury, you know, balance. So I think he has that going for him, where even if, the defe- if Iron Fist by himself doesn't do great, once he gets into the Defenders, he's got that group dynamic, which is going to help a lot. Now... Those aren't all the Defenders. There's others that are added in, right? Like, well, Doctor Strange was originally a Defender. Yeah. And Spider-Man, I thought, in the comics. Spider-Man was a Defender at one while. point yeah. in time. Wasn't um, Hawkeye part of that, too? No. No, I don't no. think Hawkeye was a Defender. He, no. I'm, I'm pretty sure Tigra was a Defender. Yes, Tigra was. Uh, I'm pretty sure at one point in time... It, it all depends on what version of the Defenders right, you're watching. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Again, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm trying that's to... the problem with the comic book is there's so many different... Uh, so if they're, if they're going to go, versions. if they're going to go through Marvel Universe that they got right now, it's going to be Daredevil, Iron Fist, Power Man, Jessica Jones. So, I hope they do like a Tiger series eventually at some point and bring it. Because at one point in time, even Moon Knight was part of the Defender. Yes, yeah. I think he was um, a Defender. Yes, I'm trying to think of and everyone is clamoring Cloak for and a, Dagger. Um, we're, in, oh, we're in Defender. Cloak and Dagger are getting their yeah. own series. Are that, they really? that has been announced. Really? really? They're going to be doing a Cloak and Dagger series, and I think Ooh, that is that excellent. would be cool. Yes, I'm. Ve- I used to love. Uh, Cloak on the flip and side of that, rumors are Agents of Shield is not doing well, and apparently I ABC has been discussing canning it either well, they've next got, season or they've the season got Inhumans after. coming out so they'll that's refocus that's the thing and I'm wondering if they're going to can Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in favor of the Inhumans TV show which they've been discussing and it may I'm wondering if one's just going to lead right into the other and they'll yeah. just can and this Agents is, of S.H.I.E.L.D. and this is what it all comes down to Marvel has so many pokers in the fire multiple TV shows multiple movie properties they're trying to juggle it all they're trying to make all the characters come off cool you're going to have some misfires it's just going to have they can't have 100% yeah. And if, if, if this Iron Fist ends up being a misfire, it does not hurt their overall brand. I, I, I don't I think, think so they at can, all. It's a pothole. Now, now to go I, back I to your question you asked me about. Yes. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I did ask you a question. Sorry. Defenders are still going to be going, and, yeah. I, and I can see them dropping Iron Fist yeah. and still just keep them in the Defenders. Okay. Oh, so you mean they won't do a... Like, everyone like else a got a second iron, season, right. but they won't give one to him. Right. I, well, I, I, I could see that happen. If it continues down this path. They might I could buy a that. second that season. Well, I'll, I'll give it my opinion after I see the series, that's all. Yeah. See, I feel like they might give him a second season just to put him back on the right track. So I don't maybe, think they... To I, maybe I, readjust <laughs> the, the No, I, I think if he bombs... The, 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 that's the problem with the fans. The fans don't like something; they're not going to do it again. They're not going to give it a second true. chance. And here, think of it from. That's true. And I again, I just think of it from a corporate point of view. This is Disney. I mean, is there a their company? If they're not going to make money off of Iron Fist, why would you retreat him? Yeah. Yeah. 
if they're not going to make money off of it, brush your hands off of it and walk away. They should have um, done that with Hulk like, a long time ago. It's kind of like Fox with no. Fantastic Four. Time to walk away, people. You know, yeah. just kind of like... I they, watched that. Finally. Are they coming out? Did you? What did you think? Just last weekend, I watched the reboot Fantastic I'm Four. I'm so sorry. Here's 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 all I have to say about it, <laughs> oh, and I right. have the hindsight of now knowing how bad it would be, and right. what a year and a half later, right? Yeah. I see what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get the approach they were trying to take with it, and there were moments I actually thought were okay. I liked kind of the treatment of the thing. I liked kind of the treatment of Mister Fantastic. I actually thought I would hate him because I thought I didn't like think that actor would work, but yeah. he was actually one of my favorites of the four actors in terms of just performance. Favorite as in, you know, how good you could like that movie. Right. But <laughs> the movie was, I and I know there were major edits. I hear the director's cut helps it. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit. Kind of like Batman versus Superman. They say the director's cut helps it. I hear the director's cut of Fantastic Four adds in some stuff. Like there's a shot of the thing being dropped out of an airplane in the trailer that never happened in the up, movie. Yeah. There's apparently about 10 or 15 minutes okay. worth of footage, which really fleshes out some things you needed. That being said, and even trying to see what they were going for, no, it was not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just, like, give I said, it to Marvel. Give it yep, to Marvel. Give it back to Marvel. Let them do their thing. Please do. Science fiction news. Okay. So, our last thing we're going to talk about, and this one's going to be more of a humor thing than anything else. So, the Deadpool 2 trailer. The first teaser trailer came up uh, <laughs> before Logan. Before Logan, it happened yeah. just before the Logan movie. Was it called and No Good Deed? It's it's referred to as the No Good Deed trailer. I, I it, first off, hysterical trailer. I mean, there's so many yeah. throwbacks in this trailer. <laughs> so many Easter there's eggs. There's so many Easter eggs. There's so much stuff being thrown into this trailer. Um, it's kind of hysterical, actually, all the little things that are going on. And we were paying attention to even the little nuances of stuff that were going on inside <laughs> of this trailer. I mean, things like having <laughs> Ray on, you know, spray painted in the background. Logan's going on in the TV theater in the background. Uh, there was a license plate that we wanted to figure out what's happening. It's yeah, there's three, a weird three, license plate. It seems eight. to be placed just right for a good thing. It's it's clearly in focus. Right. And it, again, like you said, there's got to be a reason for it. The fact that Nathan Summers is referenced on the actual phone booth itself. Yeah. For those, I loved for the those... Superman reference throughout the whole movie. Although, seeing, um, well, I'm sure it's not actually his, but uh, Ryan Reynolds' naked butt up against it. It probably is. <laughs> and we did see naked That's maybe just a little before. too much of Ryan Reynolds that I need to see in hey, my lifetime. we saw his naked butt before. We have. This is true. You yeah. know, Calendar Girl redefined Calendar Girl <laughs> for us. Oh. All of us. You're Some welcome. T- it sometimes comes on the radio at my college, and it's like, oh. Uh, and I think the credits definitely, oh, yeah. or not the credits, the... Um, uh, right, right the subtitles that. in this this trailer definitely redefine the trailer for you. You definitely need to have the subtitles on. So yeah, right, catch everything. Right here, Dad, yeah. it says 338, like... E-I-N, and I have no idea what that means. We're going to have to research Could be a, I wonder point. if it's a website. I wonder if we went to, like, 338EIN.com or something. See if there's something, yeah. Yeah, it might be something like that. So, great Superman reference with the music and with him going into a phone booth and changing. I thought it was hysterical. He comes out and <laughs> greets the guy and is like... Yeah, I probably could just use my cell phone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, sh- I should have just is called nine one one. Do you guys think this is a great on. like way to introduce? Oh yes, Deadpool. I mean, <laughs> is it too over the top or was it okay? 
It's f- like last, the first trailer. Like, you thought it was over the top, but it wasn't. And then, of course, there's this reference here of a firefly in the background. He tells yeah, they did Stan Lee to shut up. Yep, they tell Stan Lee to shut up. There's the na- the, the uh, firefly reference in the background. If you didn't catch it, the firefly is definitely in the poster OG in the background. Here. Yeah, OG uh, was here. Uh, there's, there's definitely like a lot of cool things going on here. The humor, did the humor? I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds. It's, right. it's now, the, humor. the first time I watched it, mm-hmm. it didn't click for me. I'll admit it. I watched it and I just kind of sat there. It was just waiting for like the big laugh, and it just felt super dry. Right. Which is not what I expect out of Deadpool. I expect a little more crazy. I've watched now that I watched it a second time. The pacing seems to work better for me. So yeah. I actually like it. I like I like the end where he's you know oh cherry Garcia ice cream you know like better eat that before it goes bad yeah, yeah. the fact that he mentions that phone booths what did those disappear in ninety eight yeah I'm like oh so what I was born all phone booths just disappeared well phone booths <laughs> aren't not, a thing uh, anymore I mean really, really no see so you your generation doesn't get it like our generation I know not, what a phone booth is I know how I know you all know work. what a phone booth is I'm just saying like it was normal for us to go to a big city. Not even a big city, even in your small town. around here, yeah. And they'd yeah, be, phone they'd be outside the grocery stores right. and stuff. You go to the mall, and there'd be phone booths all over the mall. Like it probably yeah. pretty close to every entrance, there'd be a phone booth you could go. And, and I remember in and the and original Superman when mm-hmm. it came out, the joke was that they had started introducing not full size phone booths, but in New York City, they had those pole with just kind of the little with bit of covering little, yep, the around the phone. Yep, the and there's a scene in Superman where he runs to change and he stops and looks at one of those and just keeps running. Yeah. And that was new at the time. Those 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 <laughs> right, kind of phones. Modernized phone And now booths. there's nothing. So yeah. Maybe that's, well, that's why Superman isn't doing so well lately. <laughs> because the phone booth doesn't exist. So where is he supposed to change into his costume? I mean... Does he go into a back alley somewhere? You know, is there a kitty box, a litter box somewhere that he has to change into? I mean, he goes into the restroom and he's like, oh. Or he's teamed up with Doctor Who and the TARDIS is now following him around wherever he needs to go to change. I mean, that's possible. He just spins like Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, wait a minute, where did my Wonder Woman? But yeah, it was, ni- it was a nice trailer. The references are nice. The hinting that you're going to definitely see Cable, the... The um the Logan you know references in the background. There has got to be a Kira Knightley scene in this movie somewhere. There will be. I th- if they oh don't. Oh my goodness! If they don't, I'm so disappointed. Because <laughs> they even reference it again here in this trailer that they want. Kira well, aren't Knightley there? are Cable. th- Cable's a time traveler. Yes. And aren't there multiple versions of him at times? Uh there can be. So I'm on... wondering if she'll be another version of him that'll pop up and he'll shoot her or something and just kill her. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then look at the camera and say, "We told you, Karen Knightley be cable, you know, or something stupid <laughs> like that." Break the fourth wall. Oh, right? and that'd be perfect. <laughs> tying, tying in with the trailer, so there has been talk from both. It's been said by both Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart. Correct. There are only two ways. They say they're done with the roles. That this was the swan song. Logan was the swan song for. And if uh, you've seen Logan, you'd understand why. I, I know the, the yeah, reason why. It was the swan song for. Yep. Um, Professor Xavier and for Wolverine. Wolverine. But they've said there are two ways they would both come back and play the character. One, if Logan and Professor X can be in the Marvel Universe, if they can meet the Avengers, if they can be part of that universe, they would come back and reprise those roles. Two, if they can be in a Deadpool movie. Is the other thing they've said. They See, said the that's is, the is, only two ways they would. Play I don't the know again. how they're gonna do more mutant movies without a Professor X. 
and Logan. So they're gonna have they're to gonna recast him. They're gonna recast. Yeah, they're gonna I recast feel, him. I feel like they're gonna. I mean, you've already got McAvoy. I was gonna say you've got McAvoy playing uh, Xavier. Xavier, the younger Xavier. The only tough one's gonna be feel... coming up with a new Wolverine. People are not gonna see anyone in that role for a no. while. No. Yeah, I, agree I think with I you. think he has to not appear in several movies to build anticipation, then recast him. Yeah. Or we could put. X-23 I think what you have to do is have hints of him. Yeah. But without him there. Yeah. Claw marks here and there. Stuff like that. References would be good. to you know what I mean? Just yeah. build up this or, but in the meantime, like be like, we gotta find somebody willing to give their life up to yeah. Wolverine. Because that's the only way you can get away you, with it. Or if oh, yeah. you go the route this has happened to think in the comic books, put X E twenty three in his role until he can come back. He's already played X twenty three. No. No, she. Oh, you mean oh okay. well, the X-23. Little girl from that, well that is what's been in. said is that this girl does such a great job in Logan and stuff that the, the yeah, X twenty three so is gonna pick it up. Though. Yeah. But X twenty three is She'll supposed to be a teenager. Fast. I know, but like She'll grow Oh honey, that's, that's there's so these things called personal trainers. Yeah. They totally <laughs> could fix all that for you. I mean, seriously. They could beef that girl up pretty I, quick I'm if sure they wanted Kara to. I'm sure Kara Knightley right now is beefing up massively to play cable. <laughs> She's working sure she somewhere. <laughs> She's doing the arm. The arm are you guys <laughs> looking forward to a Deadpool 2 movie? I, I mean, like, that's yes. my question going around the table. I, I know my two can. kids are. I, I, they were giddy about the first one, even though I, I had I really like Deadpool, it. okay? What do you guys... Well, Gary, are you, like, Deadpool 2? Is that something you're really interested in? I mean, what, I know you kind of like Deadpool 1, right? I mean... Yeah, it was all right. What, I, what do you I'm think not, of it? I'm really looking forward to the second one. What, what's turning you off to this idea? Because you liked the first one. You're not going to be able to top it. You're going to try. So you think they set the bar too high at the beginning? Yes. Okay. What do you think? Like, is Deadpool 2 something you'd be interested in, Eric? I'm sure I'd see it. We saw, Mary and I, my wife, went and saw Deadpool 1. And uh, I was surprised that it wasn't more comedic. <coughs> or that the, that, and, and we talked about this before. He didn't have the voice in his head. No. They left an entire part of the comic out, which I thought would be key, in that he's crazy. Here, he just seemed to be a really super sarcastic guy who couldn't he's be killed. smart aleck. But yeah. I didn't yeah. get the insanity thing, which right. is a big part of his character. I like so that. I felt very disappointed in that. <laughs> and so, to me, I think the way you got to go with Deadpool 2 is he's got to go crazy. I feel like that's yeah. just... He's got to have yeah. the voice. So he he's the, always got to go completely now over the edge yeah. and be... You, and they had... There was such a big section in the middle of Deadpool that was very serious, very yeah. heavy-handed. And I know, yeah, you need that kind of tragedy yeah. to play off the character. You're talking about the whole scene in the in the basement, the explosion Everything, yeah, yeah. Him, the way he was. I, yeah. I remember sitting there going, God, I have not had... There's not been a single <laughs> joke for a while. Yeah. So, to me, the things they have to do with Deadpool 2 is, A, more fourth wall breaking, like, yeah. to the point of, like, bringing in these other characters or whatever. But, B, he's got to go crazy. He's got to have the insanity if, or else it doesn't feel like Deadpool to me. It feels if, like smart those, aleck guy. For those people who played the video game, there were two voices in his head. One that was kind of, like, the way Deadpool was in the first movie, and then the second one where he's, like, serious, kind of. So you had the giddy, like, blow everything up, and then this one that's like, well, let's calculate the math and think about it. I I'm I look forward to Deadpool too, but not for Deadpool. That's the stupid thing about for this cable. all. I can't wait to see Cable. Oh, I can't wait to see these other. They characters. cast Domino. Oh, did they oh. cast? They Domino? announced. Uh, well, oh yeah, I saw playing for Domino. Facebook. She's from the TV show Atlanta, but I am not familiar oh, really? with her. Okay. I can't remember the name. Uh, we'd have to Google that. But we'll have to look it up later. Yes, Domino, as of today, has been cast, and I know it's pointless to talk about the podcast because we can't tell you who it is. But go look it up. Hey, it's been cast. That's pretty cool. But that's what I'm looking forward to. Domino, I'm looking forward to Cable. I'm looking forward to the other characters we're going to introduce through Deadpool 2. I'm not as into Deadpool 2 as I, you know what I mean? As far as Deadpool's concerned, 
But the other characters are what's going to draw me the Right. In. Well, now we've had R-rated Deadpool, huge hit. R-rated Wolverine, huge, huge hit. hit. Now they're saying that Deadpool is going to be what the X-Force movie becomes and that it's going to be an R-rated movie mm. with Deadpool in it at full force. And for X-Force, you mean? Yeah. I, I, I can see what, that. They're, they're, uh, dollar Maybe. signs, after these two R-ratedes being so successful, dollar signs are flying in their heads. I think that's a mistake, though. Yeah. I think, that's I think a if mistake. you R-rate it, you're just going to... It's not Not the R-rating. The not the, the R-rating. Letting Deadpool take over in X-Force is it's a mistake. Not, it's not his place. De- X-Force was supposed to be... Well, not that he'd take over, but that he would be full-on Deadpool. He wouldn't well, be Well, yeah, I get what I, you're saying. I'm just saying that... That's too much personality for an X-Force team to try to deal it's with. Ve- it would be a I'm very saying? disjointed movie. Yeah. I feel like if you make all superhero movies from now on, because that seems to be like what they're doing, rated R, you're going to get rid of a whole fan base, which is teens, and they can't watch the movies. Well, I still hear people have taken their kids to see Logan. I'm just saying. Like, oh, yeah. I'm just saying. They're having the same problem Logan they're having with Deadpool, and that is they're... they're very young kids going in to see it, 10, 11, 12 years no, old. Parents are not I, educated. And I'm telling we you right now, Resident knowing Evil, what I... And there was, like, not even a five-year-old sitting yep. next to me who was driving me yeah, insane. We, like... Yeah. So now the rest of the world knows that. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I do... I do get concerned when I'm hearing that because I know, and I haven't even seen Logan yet, that there's some really gory scenes yeah, at the violent. end of the movie. Very, very violent. And very scary stuff at the end of the movie, and yet 10 and 12-year-olds are going to see it. That should not be happening. What parent would allow that happen? If Many. it's given a rated R rating. Parents who don't... I know. I follow a podcast that I really like. Yeah. The guy on the podcast said, I should have paid more attention, I guess, to the advertising. I thought it was just going to be, you know, a little rough, but it was super violent, and I didn't know. I'm like, they've been touting this is not for kids, and you didn't even know. So well, it, and if you read the Old know. Man Loken comics, it's not. Well, well they I, haven't. They haven't read the Old Man Loken. My, here's my other argument, though, too. And I now I'm going to get raked over the coals, but I don't care. I blame the movie. Well, not the movie industry. I blame the theater industry for that a little bit too. You're supposed to be showing ID going into these films. Do you know what I mean? Well, the parents might be. Should, I think they're the taking parents it in. might be. And but you know what I mean? Like I would there's got to be some sort of disclaimer something somewhere. Do you think they're just letting kids in that with no adult supervision? Oh, I know it's happening. Mm. I know it's happening cuz my own kids at school are telling me it's happening. They yeah, just go up, buy at, a ticket and walk in. There's kids at my school and they're that not are like, getting ID'd. Just go in and buy a ticket for Logan and you can get in. It goes back parents. to the days of the CDs. Remember when we we had the we slap that parental restriction on CDs. You weren't supposed to be able to buy a CD with parental restrictions on them, but come on. I bought one. I bet Gary did. I bet you did. I bought a CD with a parental restriction on it and you weren't 18 years old. But you were supposed to be carded every time you bought one of the parental restrictions. Money overrides everything. That's the whole point, you know? Sell them meat quotas. They, They put them online now on MP3s. Not like you can ID somebody online to download it. You know? But look at the box office, though. When, when the, you go up and you buy your ticket. Yeah. The person's way younger than you are. Oh, I agree with you. So they're going to let their friends in. and Absolutely. It, so. it, and it was that way when we were younger, too. If your friend worked yep. there, they'd usually get you in, you know, and, and let you watch a movie that you weren't supposed to be seeing. Not that I ever did that. I will never tell my parents that it actually happened. But, and they uh, listen to the podcast and now they know. They don't listen to the podcast, <laughs> so you really be quiet there, son. <laughs> they don't even know how to turn a computer on. How do you think yeah, they're going to listen to my podcast? <laughs> I go over to their house and have all of them recorded. <laughs> yeah, and night. go ahead. They get to listen to you and your motor mouth, too. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you cutting off people. Okay, so 
that's what we have to say about these topics. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you have to say about Star Wars Episodes Eight's trailer celebration. We'd love to hear what you have to say about an Indiana Jones 5 movie. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the Iron Fist trailer. And more importantly, do you want to see Deadpool 2 or don't you? We'd love to hear what you have to say about that and more. Head on over to our website when it's working at galaxycast.com. Which will right now take you to our Facebook page. Which will take you to our Facebook page. So hopefully soon you'll be able to do that and let us know what you think about what we just talked about. We'll be back in just a little bit after we watch the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. Being an outcast isn't something that all of us feel every now and then. It's been the subject of stories forever. Take, for example, the X-Men comic book series. In 1963, we were introduced to a number of characters that were different. Super strength. Plasma bolts emitted from eye sockets. The ability to read minds. A man that could fly with angel's wings. In 2000, we were introduced to the X-Men on the silver screen. There, Professor X would teach not only his mutant students, but us, as viewers of film, what it meant to be a mutant. There have been more X-Men movies, and even another coming up. But where can you find the best discussion of all of the X-Men movies? Be sure to check out the X-Men Perspective Review Series at twoguystalking.com forward slash X-Men. Bullet point based detailed discussion from fans, fanboys, and mutants just like you. Join in the homo superior discussion at twoguystalking.com forward slash X-Men. That's the number two, guystalking.com forward slash X-Men. Fight Ribbon Clothing Company. Clothing and fight gear on a mission. Fight Ribbon is the original MMA clothing company built from the ground up for fighters and fans. Clothing with a purpose. The new face of cancer awareness. Fight Ribbon Clothing Company. Because what you wear matters. Visit FightRibbon.com. Hey, podcast fans. Ever wanted to learn sign language? learning more about the deaf and hard of hearing culture well the time and effort has come to allow you to do just that don't miss the interpreter's toolbox podcast from two guys talking great sign language vocabulary lessons contests stories and more are waiting for you after you watch this new video podcast check out interpretertoolbox.com for more details and get cash and prizes for your comments now it's all about life interpretertoolbox.com thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about this episode of Star Wars Rebels. This one is titled Secret Cargo. The Council Speaks. Interesting story, long story. We're looking for cargo, but we're looking for Fuel, I believe, correct, at the beginning of the episode. See, that's the part no. I was so confused about. No. Why were we there? What we were, was the point? We were trying to help Mon Mothma refuel to get to Dantooine. Yeah, but no. we didn't know it was Mon Mothma yet. You were there waiting for a cargo to, show, to arrive. 
We were just there waiting for cargo yes. to arrive. That's and right. they had no idea what the cargo was. Nope. That's what the part I was so confused about. Again, I kind of feel like we still need those news updates like we had in Star Wars, uh, the Clone, Clone Wars. Wars, because there are times where I kind of feel like I'm not sure where we are in the storyline or what we're supposed to be doing or what's really truly going on here. And somehow we end up in a midst of some debris, correct? Like, why was there debris floating in space? I guess that's the part I was slightly confused about as well, other than we had a probe droid looking through the debris trying to find out what was there. Yeah, why? That just seemed too convenient. What What was the point behind the debris? Or what was the debris from, I guess? Yeah, I don't know. Space Do you guys see why I get confused about these stupid little things? It's like, I know it's such a small point, but at the same time... It's a major point because without the debris, the rest of this whole storyline doesn't make any sense at all. Or wouldn't have happened. So, right, or wouldn't have happened. So this droid's like trottling around this debris looking for I don't know what. I'm assuming, is he looking for rebels? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's some sort of probe droid. And he's searching through this. It's the droid we saw earlier. Well, here's the part I find interesting, okay? So... Let's say ships dump debris, and they take off, and they go into hyperspace like they're supposedly they're supposed to do. By the time we get to Han Solo's time, where he latches onto the back of the Star Destroyer and floats away with the rest of debris. Really? Because this seems like an old trick by this point. Because it seems like the Rebels have done this at least a dozen times up until this point, have gotten caught several times, yet Han Solo doesn't get caught he did empire strikes back well he did and he didn't <laughs> he didn't get caught by the empire he got caught by boba fett who knew the tricks who knew the tricks i'm just saying that the empire even up till that point has not figured out that do you get what i'm saying like there's it again doesn't play into the whole star wars arc to me at least it doesn't feel like it does so the probe droid finds them and of course now they got to do race the probe droid down or, and to shoot it down before it can communicate their position, because they're afraid that if it once it does, then they'll send a whole fleet, and it'll be a whole thing. And of course, it, it moves fast, so you, Ezra has problems hitting it. Here's the part I don't understand: what's connected to the ghost? Fuel we canisters. have these. Are they fuel canisters? Why are they fueling up the ship that's coming? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's why they were there. They're waiting for the cargo ship to fuel it up to send it off. Okay. That was what they were told. That's all they were told. Then they find out it's Mon Mothma later on. So this time, it's a very different episode than the other ones. The other ones, they're looking for fuel. This, this one, time they're they have the fuel and they're fueling another ship. Entirely different storyline. What the <laughs> So you're getting my humor behind yes. this, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, sarcasm at its worst. Yep. I mean, and, and that's the whole thing. And supposedly that weighs the ghost down. Okay, so you're it's in zero... ship. You're in zero-G space and your cargo is weighing you down down. I don't think no. Where there's no gravity. I don't no, but it does It does affect thrust. You know, it doesn't no, affect how quickly like, you, you build It's a speed. ship. You would probably expect it to carry cargo like that, so you'd probably expect it to have more thrust but too. They didn't specify that the ship is being weighed down by the cargo, but that yeah, but the other ship was faster. Okay, so good. You Tie, made, tie you, fighter. But, okay, hang on. You made my point for me. So the ghost should have been fast enough to catch up with the other ship, cargo or not, fairly quickly and then throw it down. Because compared to every other episode, the ghost is a very nimble, quick-moving, yeah. fast-moving ship. In this episode, it started to look like a frigate trying to move around. It was very lunky and clunky and just did not seem to have the maneuverability that it once had. 
Really? You throw two fuel pods on there and suddenly the ghost can't move around like it's supposed to? I don't, I'm not sure I bought that part of it. So that, I, I buy it quite a bit. I, really? I don't. I, I say that it's not... In space, where there's no gravity at all. Forget space. But it's called Star Wars. <laughs> Forget. Forget, Forget that point. <clears throat> Forget it. All right? Take to the P-51s that are in World War Two. Okay. They had that extra fuel p- canister on it to go the extra distance and all that. They couldn't really dogfight. Yes, to, they to, they were less maneuverable right. than the the Japanese zeros. I will give you that. Well, no, no, not the zeros. The, J, the German or the German Messerschmitts. Right. Yeah. Okay, so therefore they couldn't dogfight like they should be doing, and that's exactly how they're looking at this right here. They're not looking at it as in space. Okay. And, and stuff. But that, that's where I'm like, and also, not to I'm perplexed. You. Okay, I guess that's the part I'm perplexed by. Also, I thought they would have been able to catch up with it quickly. Also, not to mention, haven't Tie Fighters in the past been able to outmaneuver Rebel fighters because they're just this faster. wasn't a Tie Fighter. It was basically an Imperial. No, made. It, no, it no, wasn't. wasn't. It was Imperial made because it's an Imperial probe. It's not a Tie Fighter though. No, it was a, it was a salvage ship. Is all it was. It was a droid inside of a, what was considered to be a salvage ship. Which, looking at the salvage ship, even it looked like a. Square pod. Well, it looked like a pod, right? Yeah, like it looked a, like an escape pod. Escape pod to me. No, I mean, because like, it was the pod that the other droid used in the exactly. earlier episode. Exactly. So I don't and know that's why an you escape pod. Have problem with it now. Just because. Okay, so the maneuverability is what I'm questioning. That's all. So anyway, of course, the droid holds them off just long enough to send out a message. They destroy the pod. They destroy the droid. I'm assuming the droid gets destroyed. And then they finally meet up with whoever they were sitting there to wait for. And of course, while they're meeting up with them. The umpire shows up, and we find out that Gold Squadron is escorting the ship, the the ambassador ship that showed up. Which okay, now a nice New Hope reference. Gold Squadron is supposed to be a big deal in the rebellion, and you know they definitely made it a big deal. You know that the Gold Squadron's here. Well, let's go back a couple episodes when they got the White Fighters. Yeah. All right, what did uh, Balorgana say? The, that they would be the premier ships in their fleet or something along that lines, right? They're, they're not going to be going to Phoenix Squadron. They're going to a different squadron for, right. diff- for different purposes. Correct. So now so we we're know, assuming now that that was Gold Squadron right. and that was exactly why they, they right. grabbed those particular ships. So, yeah, you're right. There's a nice tie-in there. I mean, as far as storyline goes, kind of a cool tie-in. So we meet up and we find out there's some sort of cargo on the ship, but they won't tell them what the cargo is or the importance of the cargo or even potentially who might be on the ship. And they're not allowed to go on the ship. They're not allowed allowed to go on the ambassador ship, which is, again, kind of interesting. But, I mean, we kind of got hints early on in the episode who it was going to be, considering they watched the whole hollow of Mon Mothma blasting the Emperor. I mean, it was kind of like a, duh, it's going to be Mon Mothma. Well, what what got me is when the the pilots and the uh, one rebel trooper came in. Yeah. And he introduces himself as being the trooper for my mama. Yeah. And they didn't That's they, not too they, obvious? Yeah. yeah. That's why I was like, when they were later surprised that it was Mon Mothma, I'm like, really? Like, I thought all the dots had been connected for you, but okay. I thought it was interesting, too. We don't have the cold ghost crew again. Did you guys notice that? Yep. Who we have was? just Zeb, we have Hera, and we have Ezra, and that's it. Chopper. Yeah. So, well, the, the only one we're missing is Kanan. I guess that's true. We're only missing Kanan. And Rex. Who's been part of a lot of episodes? Rex was kind of, yeah. Seen in a clip when we and were, we're watching that on and off. He's been other part droid. Of it. Well, and I'm not oh. sure he's part of the crew, though. Remember, he's part of the rebellion, yeah. but not necessarily part of the crew. At least that's my. So where was Kanan during this? He episode? was meditating. That's kind of what I've been thinking too. Like he was where? meditating on uh, back at Chopper Base, just sitting there. 
Well, I'm wondering if Bendu and him are having another discussion. You know, who knows if what's going Bendu, on But Bendu, they don't know where he is. They're, they're playing soccer. <laughs> they're bending it like Bendu again. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, long story short, we have a broken crew again, but we get a chance to meet Gold Leader. We get a chance to meet some of these crew members. And while we're having a discussion, all of a sudden, blam, here comes the Empire. I would just and like to point out that the possibility that this droid contacted the Imperials was high, but yet they stand there and argue. Well, and talk and wait, for quite some yeah, time. And wait for them basically to come. Yeah, don't you think it would be smart of the Ghost Crew to say to the Gold Squadron people, well, we just dealt with a probe droid and we think they may well, be they on did. the way. Well, they no, said that. They, they did. did say but there didn't seem to be any angst behind yeah, any because, of it. Because they needed to refuel the capital ship. Because if they didn't, the capital ship would run out of fuel and they couldn't get to their destination. I'm just saying, though. Like, go to a different location right, like and fuel. fuel. Hightail it and The move. ship doesn't have enough fuel to do that. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever seen a ship get refueled. Yeah. In this all. is true. In uh, ever yeah. in Star Wars history, <laughs> yeah. ever. Right. Ever. You're right. I, I don't well, think we've ever... Ports. Space ports. Space ports. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of space. space That's the first shorts. time I've ever seen them get, get out of refueled. my head. <laughs> space pants. Space, space shorts. Pants. That's that's where we're at with this episode, people. Very stupid. So as they're fueling up the other ship, of course, the Imperials show up. And, of course, you had to make a big deal that the one gold crew member got... uh, Did she get knocked out? Like, I don't understand what happened to her. She got injured in the first blast and wasn't able to fly. Which, of course, made a convenient moment for Ezra to fly one of the Y-Wings. You know, and, of course, all I could think of was, like, this is, like, the convenient moment that Anakin gets in a shuttle... Oh, this whole entire episode gets, was gets into a Naboo fighter that just happens to go up to a droid control tower that just happens to fly into the middle of it that just happens to be at the right place at the right time that takes out the this whole episode entire control is ship. Con- of conveniences. So Ezra just happens to be at the right place at the right time to fly a Y-Wing. Just happens to be. Yeah. Mm. So they they end up breaking away or trying to break away, and of course they can't, and so now they got to rescue everybody from the uh, ambassadorship, that's what I'm calling it anyway, onto the ghost, and that's when we discover that the whole time it's Mon Mothma, and now they've got to get away. And so they take off. Yes. Leaving and the capital ship to get blown up. Leaving the capital ship to get blown up. They strafe a couple of the ships, they take off. They blew up that Imperial cruiser real easy-like. Well, they didn't we blow had, it up. They, they had an ion cannon. They uh, used an ion cannon, yeah, to, to knock out <laughs> shields and... Where was the ion cannon? It was it was, was the, it on a Y wing? Yeah. That's an ion cannon? Because the last I knew, an ion cannon was a big old ball with a gun on the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. That's... I just said that on live podcast air. Oh, can I do it? Doesn't that make the whole ion cannon in Empire Strikes Back kind of a dumb thing? I mean, compared to this little itty bitty thing the Y wing has to the could be big old ion cannon they had. That could be a super ion cannon. Yeah, but they didn't call it a super ion cannon. What's a super ion cannon? It's four times as powerful as an average ion cannon. Wow. The the ion cannon that you're talking about was on Hoth? Yeah. Well, that was a, a planetary to space gun. So they shot a lot so, farther so of a distance. It had to be a bigger... You're not shooting something okay. that's, you know, a little bit in front of you. You're shooting through an atmosphere and into space. But I, but I also feel like it had the same kind ships. of power, and I just would think the one that the Y-Wing had would be a little less in power. Well, they also no. weren't fighting a star destroyer. Maybe it was a smaller a cruiser. Ion, yeah. It was a cruiser. This is true. Mm. And, and, and look Again, at, convenient. I'm just saying it's convenient. It is. Well, go, go back to the Clone Wars though, when they first had the, the Y wings and the ion cannons there. 
Yeah. They're taking out the the cable ships of the of the droids. They were. Stuff, so. Yeah. And they were taking out all the the shields and right. all those ships too. I know. I, I just like I said, at times it, 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 it just seems too convenient some of these things that they're using. But hey, it's just a little too convenient. It, it the shoe fits. It's there though. The proof the is The shoe doesn't fit. If the shoe fits, you put it on your head. I know. That's how it works. Yep. If it so makes sense just go with it. So they take off, they destroy pretty much half the Imperial fleet that's already there, and yeah. now they're trying to get Mon Mothma to the destination she's supposed to go to. Dead and to she me. tells them, she doesn't tell them where, at least not yet, oh. that she needs to get to this place because she's trying to get all of these people together because she's against the Emperor and she needs to unite her people together. Correct. Basically, oh, it's, uh, uh, it's uh, the uh, beginning uh, of the rebellion. She's re- re- uh, uniting all the little rebel cells that are out there. Right. So this is really the beginning of the rebellion. Yep. This is the part of, to me, Revenge of the Sith that we completely missed. That okay. needed to happen so somewhere within just say, Revenge of the if Sith. If this is really the beginning of the rebellion, we're three seasons in and we're starting the rebellion? Well, here's the thing. I, I don't think you could have had the beginning of the rebellion at the, in the end of Revenge of the Sith. Because the Empire was just coming to power. I think they needed right. to be you in power. You can't rebel against something that doesn't exist yet. I think and they I needed to that. be in power for a little while. Now that they've been no, in power, saying, I think this is an okay like, place to do it. I'm just saying. Well, in, in Revenge of the Sith, the, the, from the deleted scenes and everything, they have the Senate talking about rebelling against what's, the what's go- going the Senate. on. You know, rebelling against what they have right there. So, mm. And, and they, got, they cut that all out. It would have actually set up this whole episode a lot better if they had had that in Revenge of the Sith. The idea that there were seeds of people within the Senate that were not happy with the direction the Emperor was going and the idea that he was grabbing and all this you power. you knew that, though. Like, you did know You didn't, know you that. didn't. Again, we know it because we've read books and we have other knowledge outside of just the movies. Yeah. If you're the average person who's not a big old geek like we are, <laughs> I'm not sure they would have grabbed onto that information. And again, Revenge of the Sith could have helped clarify that. Anyway, that's neither here nor there because we can't change that now. Revenge of the Sith is what it is, it you know, is. unless Disney decides to do the super ultra, you know, rare awesomeness of Revenge of the Sith. Well, I was going to so, say, just reboot the entire prequels. Yeah, don't give them that idea. <laughs> no, Why? come on. They Jar Jar goes okay, away. That's a discussion for another time. Okay. You're going to go that route, then let's reboot everything. Including no. a new hope. No, 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 no. Well, I'm with, Gary makes a valid point. Okay. I'm still waiting for Actually, the movie to come out that's called reboot the movie and you see a movie and halfway through all the characters are replaced with other people playing them and the movie finishes with a new cast this is an awesome idea Austin get right on that no I actually would be okay with Gary's idea of rebooting the whole entire series because it would be a new start no. The f- yes. And the hate mail starts it's, to come. It's Star Wars Senator is built too much does. on history and tradition to reboot it. It's, I agree with you. It's no, too much about like, everything built. They need to somehow get to the new generation. I'll tell you. Well, they did with Force Awakens. They rebooted no, they Star not. Wars because they told the same story a second time. Okay. Debate characters. for another time. Again. Stay on target. Stay on target. Yeah. So let's continue on with this episode. So they escape. They're going to go meet Mon Mothma's buddies. They're going to start the rebellion. Meanwhile... Thrawn and his cronies have gotten together. I'm amazed that Thrawn very quickly figures out that Mothma had to be on that ship. I mean, that's some pretty sweet timing. He's got other stuff going on that but, he knows about. That's but, he's, they don't have the whole conversation. And, Think about it. She just, just did a broadcast. He could be triangulating messages. He could be figuring he could out be. areas. He could and be Thrawn is making determinations. He's got that map in front of him. I think he's determined. He's zeroing in on her. 
And so he, he makes that It assumption. makes me wonder if he's actually zeroing in even more on the rebel base than we know realize at this point. Like, I think he knows more than we're, we're even seeing. I think possibly. And throughout the books, Thrawn has been able to predict his... Stop. Books Stop aren't where you're going. Start part of the kind of canon anymore. The books are no longer canon. That's right. There's a new so. Thrawn book coming out that will be canon. Yes. But the point of the matter is Thrawn has been seen in Rebels sitting in front of art and stuff like that noting that he can actually kind of look into what the past to predict the future. Correct. And and he's been doing that all along. Ha! That doesn't include the books. Well, you started off saying, well, in the books, Thrawn was this. Yeah, and I, I realized that, and so you corrected so me. So he like, schooled me to unschool himself to reschool himself to school me. And, mm-hmm. and, then, and then I schooled him. And then he got schooled. Okay. So, <laughs> so we move on to, we've got to get to this planet, but in order to get to the planet, they're going to have to think outside the box, and that's where, and again, Thrawn figures this out, that they're going to have they, to go through this travel, nebula. They will travel the most unexpected route to avoid your whatever blockades. 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 Yeah. Okay, so I they mean, have to go through this nebula. You will be waiting for them. Of course, every time they say a nebula and they have to go through a nebula, all I can ever think of is Star Trek II. <laughs> Wrath of Khan. I mean, and like, there were shots in this that I felt that I was like, I felt much. like we're like throwbacks right I, th- I think it. this may have been one of the no, tribute episodes. No, you say nebula and oh, I yeah. think of Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. I mean, there were even like the overhead shot mm-hmm. that they gave. Exactly. I was like, wow, that was almost like a, a shot for shot. The Y wings almost, almost looked like, like the Enterprise. The, thank you. Yep. They almost looked like it. the Enterprise. You I know, with it. the tuna cells and everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, hmm. The tuna, uh, the tuna cells. Well, the, yeah, the, <laughs> not tuna cells. <laughs> tuna cells. There we go. Okay. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> they don't smell bad. I promise. Okay. Yeah. Where did tuna cells come from? Dad spoke too fast. The two nacelles. Those are the two little long, lanky just, things d- on the back of the saying, ship. Where did tuna cells? I now need to draw a picture of oh, the man. Enterprise with two of those tuna cans with the twist tops yeah! on the back, <laughs> and just see if anyone gets it and goes, "Oh, it's the tuna, tuna cells." cells. <laughs> just draw it with a circus. Uh, you know what? Line. Draw that. I'll throw it up on our Facebook feed. People will love it and find it hysterical. So anyway, it did look like the Star Trek ship. And there were moments in this this whole series. I mean, come on. It's ironic where they say, if don't shoot the photon torpedoes, you'll blow up the whole... I mean, that was almost, again, everybody knew if you go into the nebula, your photon torpedoes are now useless. They won't do anything. Right. And, you know, you don't want to blow up the the air around it because it's flammable. I mean, it was, like I said, almost verbatim Star Trek And you, and you knew stuff. that was going to now be massive foreshadowing to what was going to save them at the end. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, like, again, predictable. It got predictable to, to a point. To a point. So they, the ghost enters in the nebula with Gold Squadron. And of course, they get found out by Tide Defenders. Now, I was glad they brought the Tide Defenders in. That was kind of a cool little twist because yeah. we know from previous episodes the Tide Defenders have amazing defenses, great weaponry, good, you know, tactical skills. You know, these are some of the best pilots, too. And, of course, there's quite the little battle between Gold Squadron and them. They, they, lose, even, they lose more down. They're down to just two. Right. They even lose a pilot. And, you know, they're... they're, they're that pilot was quite heroic. She went in front of the shot and saved yeah, to Mon save Mothma the ghost. And yep. saved the ghost, which was yep. a nice moment. That was a nice moment. Hero's sacrifice. And, you know, we, we have quite the little battle. And the ghost gets... They get away at first by right. diving really close to the edge of one of the say. birthing stars. 
the ghost, the, yeah, the ghost gets injured because it dives in yeah. towards. And the I, one I, I almost could feel the heat in those shots. They did a good job with oh, the yeah. visuals in terms of yeah. really carrying across the heat and seeing and the, the heat come across the yeah. shield of the ship. That was actually kind of some. There's some good drawing in this, and the colorization here yeah. was kind of very good. It was kind of cool. took out two tie interceptors. Yep, they took out two tie interceptors just by basically burning them out, melting then, them down, and yeah. then basically blowing them off target. I feel bad for those tie fighter tie fighters are in this. Yeah, you know, what, what shot did they have? The one uh, tried to get away. Zeb shot it, and it fell into the center. Yeah. So then they now they're injured, and of course the ghost has to go out of the nebula because it's injured. And the two gold squadron members are still fighting tie defenders inside of the inside of the whole thing. A tie defender. And as of course they get out of the nebula, and we almost knew this was going to happen. Well, Thrawn said they were going to be waiting on the other. <laughs> side. Yeah, they, they 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 predict, and so they are. They show up, you know, out of the middle of nowhere. And, and then of course Zeb has to say, "Here we have a problem." Actually, two of them. Yeah. Like okay, a little sarcastic. So that's when they start for the first time ever in a long time. They use a tractor beam. To start pulling the ghost in towards one of the ships. And meanwhile, Ezra and the gold leader are trying to fight off the TIE defenders. And long story short, they end up winning. And they come out of the nebula. And they have to figure out how to get the ghost free of the right. tractor beam. So they come they out and they're kind of behind the two Star Destroyers. Right. So they, they arm the pro- proton torpedoes and aim them... Are they Proton or Photon? I never remember. See, it's all Star one Wars. Star Trek and one, one Star, Star Wars. Trek and one Star Wars. Proton is Star Wars. It is used with the... So either way. Yes, yeah, so torpedoes. Right. Photon get, torpedoes are, are Star, Star Trek. Star Trek. Okay, so the Proton torpedoes get in at the nebula, as Harris suggests, because, again, it's flammable. Yes. It blows it up. It, it basically... It ejects. ejects fire across the deck of both Star Destroyers. And, that's and that frees the ghost. And, and that they, was some nice visuals that there, was, too. Yeah, there were some cool visuals there. It felt there. pretty epic, the way it hit yep. the sides of the ship. And, and, and then, of course, they're able to take off into space <coughs> and hyper, hyper link out hyper-ventilate. of there. Hyperventilate. <laughs> hyperventilate out of there. Make the jump. We don't know what happens to the Star Destroyers, do we? I um, assume they, that they're crippled, but going. But it's still going, yeah. Yeah. And of course, like Governor Price is leading all this, so yet again, she she's got to survive. Walk away. I'm yeah, sure she's got to walk away. Although Thrawn won't be happy. Of course not. Meanwhile, they go back to this base, and Mon Mothma makes her little announcement about wanting to start the rebellion. Yeah. Why were they just above the planet instead I, of on it? I, I, that's the part that perplexes me. That like, was the meeting point. Why did the ships have to all come there? Why couldn't they, I don't know, communicate Set back with her, sending an encrypted message? wouldn't have been an, an, as epic of a scene. <laughs> this is true. It's, this is Mon well, Mothma. We are all going to work together. Email me <laughs> at monmothma.rebellion.com if you're interested. Thank work. you. That would have worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, her whole bing, Gmail bing, account bing. gets shut down because she gets so many emails. Uh, of course, why not? She's like, oh, this one wants to... It's a Nigerian prince. He wants to give a lot of money to our rebellion. I think I should write back to him. <laughs> all I gotta do is provide him $8 million first. <laughs> but, but, but it's the wrong email address. Right. <laughs> all right. It was monmothma at CapuServe. Oh, CapuServe. <laughs> dot, yeah. No, but I was saying, why not go down to the planet set up a, like a miniature base and have a well I think they power. do that's Dantooine right that's Dantooine and remember if we that's go the back beginning of the rebellion it's the beginning of the rebellion because we found that's the that's where the base is found for episode 4 yeah correct but I'm saying why are we up in the, in the space transmitting the signal because there's no down? base made on Dantooine yet right they're yeah. choosing this planet and they're all going to meet there, and they're all going to work it together. Hasn't started yet? Remember, it's I the know, beginning. But I was thinking, why not just land on the planet and transmit from the, the other reason planet. I say I'm worried about all the ships doing what they did? It's like, don't they make it obvious for the Empire to be like, hmm, 
I wonder where all the ships went. Oh, look, they're on Dantooine. Yeah. Maybe that's where they're at. You know, like it let's, makes a let's, little. Let's start a bombing range. I mean, it's a cool visual and all. I'm just not sure it, that that's. The thing you was, know, I actually liked it because of the visual. You? I felt that the ending shot of that was kind of a little choke up moment of, hey, I know those ships. I've seen, that's the ships. Well, from I was kind of excited to see the yeah. hammerhead versions that we saw in Rogue One yep. show up, as well as the Tent of Fours. And they, all had the stuff, they had the stuff ships. from End of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Return of the Jedi. You know, or uh, uh, Empire, End of yep. Empire and stuff. And then they had, even if you notice, the, medical that, frigate the flying up. garage thing that they oh, yeah, captured yeah. from yep. back like last season. Yeah, I think the, it was carrier, whatever. the carrier, the carrier, the carrier showed up. up. That was yeah. there. So I was like, that's a nice stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like the fact that the ships were there. I just like I said, just kind of it felt awkward, but it was cool all at the same I time. Think it, I think it was uh, sacrificing a little realism for sake of an epic moment. Probably. Yeah, but Probably. you know what I would have loved for the ending, just to close it out, was to be like do the ending out of Star Wars, where the the John Williams music ends the episode. What would have been cool is just have a a response to her of like "We're with you, we're with you, we're with you, we're with you," and then just have like a captain of each ship just saying "We're with you." That's too much Doctor Who ish. I, I don't. Doctor Who-ish? Where did that come from? The episode when they had all the doctors all Yeah, the war doctor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the day of the doctor. Are you doctor. kidding me? They ripped off the entire Wrath of Khan. Why not rip yeah. off a little Doctor Who while you're I didn't know Wrath Because it's, you only rip off Star Wars. There should have Star- Star- been a TARDIS. <laughs> there should have been a TARDIS that showed up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then and spun Dorian. and then disappeared. You know? And <laughs> yeah, a DeLorean. And sure, why not? Yeah, a DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just have it pass right through the middle. Or, of or then have the, the, the car. Yeah. You, they want to see the rebellion. Roll up. <laughs> okay, so uh, what was your favorite parts of this episode? What do, you, what do you guys think? What was your favorite part of this I episode? liked the performance of Mon Mothma. And was it the actress <laughs> yes. who played her in Rogue yeah. One? I'm pretty it was sure it was doing her. The voice, yeah. So that was nice to, to, to carry that over. Um, Overall, I think my favorite part yeah, of the episode was, was the uh, right. was the finishing the finishing of it. That mo- seeing her do the broadcast, seeing shots of places that we've seen before, a lot of those shots, and they're all picking up on the message and kind of seeing the connection of finally we have a rebellion. You know, they've been talking about this and talking about this, and let's go get some power cells. We need more fuel. Maybe we should steal some ships. And now finally we have a rebellion. Can we stop all those other things now and focus on and an stuff? actual rebellion, an actual rebellion, yeah. and other storylines, which apparently we're going to from the the look of the next episodes. Awesome. What did you, what'd you think? What was your favorite I part? I actually like the dogfight scenes in the Nebula. Okay. I was very much a fan of the idea of how the dogfights worked in the Nebula and the fact that one ship sacrificed it to protect the cargo ship. Okay. Very much like World War II dogfighting. They okay. would sacrifice themselves for the car- carriers. For the bombers. Ship, for the big bombers to get them to what they need to do. And uh, also the fact that they drove themselves straight into the sun and decided to almost burn the ships up alive to take two out with them. Okay. Tara, what was your favorite part? Well, you're going to hate me. I fell asleep. There was no favorite part for me, obviously. Because I didn't see all of this My episode. favorite part was when Justin Timberlake showed up with <laughs> I flowers for me. Justin Timberlake! <laughs> just oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I know what her favorite part was. It was the Trolls commercial. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. 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 And, Gary, uh, and uh, uh, Jedi Killer Dillion. Yes. <laughs> Gary, what was your favorite part? Oh, Probe Droid, of course. Probe Droid? Yeah. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was. You like that? Yeah, you like that part? Yeah, actually, I, mean, I, I, like I like the, the throwback droid. to a couple episodes ago. I like the probe droid. I think I he's cool, like but I just don't think he fit into the episode. He was fine. I think it was just, as Gary said, a, a token moment from a couple episodes ago. Yeah. My favorite well, part. Hey, hey, they introduced the character a couple episodes ago, and mm. we're always complaining that they never bring him back. So there you go. So, so here, here we go. go. Yeah, we brought him so back. Does that mean if, if Jay and Silent Bob show up in one of these episodes, <laughs> yeah. that's a token token moment? Uh, yeah, I would give it as a token moment. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite part of this particular episode 
was actually the part that I think a lot of people probably wouldn't think is a big deal, but the fact that Mon Mothma gave the speech that she gave towards the end. Mm-hmm. I liked the speech mm-hmm. to start it was the rebellion. Good, yeah. It was a good, well-thought-out speech. For once, it's the storyline that made me buy into this episode. The, the, the one thing that kind of made me go, yeah, that was pretty cool. Well, I actually liked the other speech that she she made first. The one about <laughs> the Emperor yeah. against the Emperor. I, both of them I thought were equally weighted, you know what I mean? And I, I, I liked the the speech at the end only because it's like you get to watch the beginning of the rebellion for the first time you know yeah, what i mean and, well, and what that the weight that that had you know that's true but the just calling out the emperor right from the get-go oh sure yeah gives her more strength for yeah. return of the jedi calling also, out the emperor for at the beginning took space balls yeah <laughs> space balls <laughs> i so, can't wait to let not, only, come not only did i like that but <laughs> when she said i'm stepping down as a senator to become your leader yeah i was like that that that, that almost got a tear out of me because i was like okay this is cool you know like that's why i, I so. am giving up the Senate health care plan <laughs> to become your leader, and that is a sacrifice. <laughs> the Council Review. Okay, so let's rate this episode since we've given our, our favorite parts, because I know when we rate, we usually give the parts we don't like. So anybody want to volunteer to go first on rating this one? Zero being a don't bother, ten being a must-see. Go ahead, Austin. Throw it out there. I'm going to give it a solid six. Okay. There are some really dull moments and really moments that don't make, si- make sense and all the science that you can bring up, but I do they also like the... don't make science. That's true. Yes, <laughs> but I also think that this episode wasn't bad. That it should be less than five. <laughs> okay, and I gave it a six because the dog fights and the speech scenes. I thought those were like phenomenal. Okay, Tara McSleepy Sleeperton, what would you give this episode? <laughs> okay, based off of what I saw, five Z's. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give it a one based off of Ooh. what I saw. I, Which it is was, not it was, much, by the way. It was enough to make me fall asleep. I'm just going to say that right now. Obviously, the pacing was very Says a girl who's been very slow. at school every night until shut about up, 9 o'clock up, this week. Just up, pointing that out, people. Yeah. Gary, what would you rate this episode? A five. A five? Ooh. I thought it was really rushed. Yeah. Mm. Too For many, something so important. Right. Too, yeah. many, too many cliches of stuff that <laughs> didn't really have to happen. The whole Nebula episode there. Yeah. Why? Okay, they expect them to do that, right? Why do it then? Right? Why? <laughs> I, know. I know. I get what you're they saying. They expect us to go through the nebula, so we won't go through the nebula because that's then what they expect, but we won't do it. They, they expect. expect that we won't go through the nebula because they expect we will go through the nebula, so we will go through the nebula. So they expect that we won't go through the nebula. <laughs> this is, it sounds like it's right in the Princess Bride. Thank you. I was just about to say. <laughs> it, it just. It's just you too, put too, the too poison in your drink, but you would think it would be in mine. I think it was very clearly done to tribute to Star Trek, and yeah. it didn't quite fit in with the rest of the episode. Yeah, you know, it just it just was too convenient for me, mm-hmm. and inconceivable. These prototype <laughs> ships that are—you never see them until the Return of the Jedi, right? Right. I have a problem with that. Yeah. I've had a problem with that right from the get-go. Yeah. Well, and, and I have a problem with, you know, the TIE Defender. We never see it in the films. No. Exactly. That's what and I mean. And yet, here they are. You They're going to have to, like, the last episode be something like, oh, 
the, Empi- the Empire's Defenders has just destroyed. done a recall yeah. <laughs> on all of the TIE Defenders. There were bad seatbelts and airbags <laughs> on all of them. <laughs> a bad and gas they, tank. <laughs> and they had some problems of self-destruction well, just yeah. by accident. What, what I'd like to see in a, in a future episode of Rebels with the TIE Defender yeah. is to see it get destroyed. Yeah. For good. That they basically yeah, because if you th- even in this episode, they do make a point of he'll be back because they only knocked it out temporarily right. with the proton torpedo. Right. You know, destroy it. Yeah. Yeah, in canon actually. And then they'll explain why you never see another one until. Oh, well, I would right. think I think whenever. an episode would be good to like find out that they found the factory building defenders and they just bomb it to heck. They wipe it out. All, All of it. <laughs> so wipe them out. I. Ironically, I'm going to give it the same as Gary at five. I, I, I'm in the same boat, and I'll tell you why. For me, the main ding here, they reaped way too much from Star Trek Two, And I don't know if that was a decision by Dave Filoni, because we all know he's a huge Star Trek fan. Ew. And I just, it was too obvious. It was too obvious, number one. Number two, the storyline just kind of sucked. I mean, it, it could have been so much better. For something that was so important, which is the beginning of the Rebellion... To not give that enough weight and then read information from a Star Trek sh- movie that everybody could see, it just was too obvious of it, like like almost a Star Trek Star well, Wars crossover. You almost. say that, and then you get a bunch of kids who watch this who've never seen Star Trek Two, and that's a possibility. And I get what you're saying, I've seen but come on, we all know yeah. the people watching Rebels are the true Star Wars fans, the ones that want to love Star Wars, and yet, they don't here, like Trekkies. And yet here we are, you know, where we're, we're kind of reaping that out. Eric, what would you rate this one? I'm also going to give it a six. Okay. Um, as I always come down to, it's how important is it in the overall storyline? Well, it's very important in the overall storyline. It is the birth of the Rebellion. Absolutely. For that moment alone, that's where most of the points are going. Um, in terms of the aerial combat, there was nothing spectacular. Not like I remember that one episode we saw a while back uh, where we all were just like, "Who oh, the yeah. heck filmed those?" They, they changed the camera angles, flew and rotated, through the, flew through, through the, through yeah. the uh, floating space station, and everything. I mean, it was like really well done. And for this, which was an episode completely about space combat, all the way from beginning to end, you'd think there would have been more care taken to do some cool things with that and there wasn't it was just a lot, a lot of flying around stationary shots yeah. yeah a lot of just circling each other and shooting you know like you wanted the cinematic shots where it's like they yeah oh yeah it needed it. it needed it, it. and yep. they tried to with the uh with the nebula a little bit but like you said it was by then too little too late and also too much of a star trek homage oh, yeah. so most of that takes points off but because the rebellion was so important to that part of it and i liked everything about mon mothma she was she was great in the episode i thought yep. it was good well done. I would have, to, like I said, I'm just a little above halfway, so I'll give it a six. Do you guys think that, that it, without this episode, the next seasons of Star Wars Rebels really couldn't be as important as they're about to become, which I think they are now going to become important? Do you think this episode sets everything up for the next seasons now? Yeah, I think it kind of... I mean, I know we're all kind of dinging this episode, but the reality is, without it, there there's no be. rebellion. Right. Well, and that's why I gave it a six. You know, it's all for that reason. Crap. We hope... We hope... That's going to do it. Yeah. All we can do is hope on that, but it's a new hope. (laughs) But unfortunately, the Disney Empire will strike back. They could have started the rebellion in a different way. Because at some point, there Um, will be a return of the Jedi. Yes, they always do come back. How many Star Wars references can we put in one episode? But just remember, the Force has to awaken sometime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yes. Because we're still worried about the Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we're waiting for that one last Jedi. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Damn Damn we we couldn't get a tag of the clones <laughs> in or a Phantom Menace. I was heading there. I was Goodbye. about to do it. But, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. but it's going to be a Phantom Menace, though. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead, Garrick. You're, you're attack of the clones. You said you had it. Oh, okay. Go. I'll just say attack of the clones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're taking it all away from me now. Okay, Tara, come back in here and tell us what you're going to tell. We got on a roll. Sorry. Okay, so I, I think they could have done the beginning of the rebellion in a different, more epic way than they did. Okay. This episode. Because I, I feel you, like they could have like started it off in the next episode with her podcast, like podcasting. She's podcasting. She is. This is the Rebellion podcast. <laughs> no. I'm your host, Mon Machma. This week we'll do some movie reviews. We'll talk a little about the newest Deadpool trailer, and then we'll be on to creating the important rebellion to take out the Emperor. But first, a word from our sponsor, <laughs> the Galaxy Cast. The Galaxy Cast. <laughs> And John's death sticks. <laughs> I meant to say hologram. And, and I said podcasting, okay? And I'm really Gillian. tired. <laughs> and the shutter points. I meant to say hologram, okay? I'm sorry. I'm really tired right now. It's not obvious. We need to hear from you. Okay, so that's what we thought of this episode of Star Wars Rebels. Head on over to galaxycast.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about everything we talked about. Go to our Facebook episode. page and comment Check away. out our Facebook page. Check out our YouTube channel, folks. Yes, we actually have a YouTube channel. Just hit GalaxyCast. Because the first All one what word you want to see is, is an hour of us sitting in front of these <laughs> computer sure screens. It's awesome. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Come on. And we have great artwork for you to look we at. Do. <laughs> actually, yeah. So head on over there to GalaxyCast on the on the YouTube channel. Let us uh, take a look at us and yeah. Let us know what you think. Look at the back of my head. Look at that back of that head right there. So, is this space for rent? Yes. Right here, I could put your logo can be right on the back of my head. So, with all of that in mind, as we like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may the force be with those who listen. Another Galaxy Cast transmission draws to a close, Brave Traveler. Thank you for your participation. Remember, today's science fiction is tomorrow's science fact. Be sure to share your thoughts about this episode by visiting our fan portal at galaxycast.com. There you can interact with us via Facebook and much, much more. Prepare for the next valiant episode of Galaxy Cast soon. And always remember, may the Force be with those who listen.